0: Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the
1: real
2: estate fortunes are made. A A show dedicated to
1: helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. People need to understand, this is not a typical downturn. At a certain point, we will get the spread of the virus under control, and at that time, confidence will return. Now, your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. I'm not going to do anything rash or hastily. I don't do that. But the country wants to get back to work. Broadcasting from the KVEC News. Talk 920 and FM 965 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy
0: are you talking about?
1: It's time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Matters.
3: All righty. Hi and good morning, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in. You're listening to Mortgage Matters. We're doing another pre recorded episode and um so at the time of this recording it is thursday april 30th and today we have a special treat of having mike points and dan podesto along myself jason grody fellas welcome
2: thanks for having us yeah three hard,
3: amigos hard to take time out of a uh, crazy busy day to to sit down and record this i know but uh we're going to make it happen. Um, we, <laughs> so we called Dan a bit ago and said, hey, uh, do you have time? Dan's doing payroll. What are you doing today, Dan? All the things. Oh,
2: my God. I'm doing so many things. <laughs> I feel like every day at the end of every day, I felt like I've run a marathon um, among just, you know, as just one of my many activities of the day. I'm exhausted at the end of every day.
3: But how many steps are you getting in?
2: <laughs> I I don't I'm not getting a lot of steps in that's let's be honest I'm sitting a lot and staring at a computer I'm and s- yet I feel exhausted afterward yeah
3: yeah I, I've been worried that I could get blood clots in my legs or something <laughs> <laughs> well and now that it's like working from home it, there's no official hours for me anymore it's like when I wake up I th- grab my laptop and start going and then um there's no real end time so it's like at the end of the day i think it's pretty much when i'm like i'm frazzled or i find myself um giving a confusing answer to something or like making a silly mistake and it's like all right i guess the tank's on e i'm gonna shut (laughs) it shut her down for the night before i say or do something i i can't fix but uh, i had to
4: i had to i had to create a stop time Nice. I was just waking up at two in the mornings, APR or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, couldn't get out of thinking about loans and clients, timelines and all that stuff. So that, it, it is, it is crazy. I mean, you really could, this is what it must feel like to be an agricultural farmer. You know, you just work from sun up to sundown for
3: on the, on the farm. six months. Yeah. Yeah. Your location doesn't really change. You just keep on doing it.
4: They're getting a lot more steps than us, like Dan was saying, but it's just nonstop right now.
3: So we called Dan to figure out if we could steal him away for an hour to help. And, um, the conversation then just started about (laughs) what we're going to talk about and why this is so bizarre, um, from a real estate and mortgage perspective, right? There's so many other reasons why this whole thing is so weird. And so I, I like did the timeout, timeout guys, we're, we're doing it. Let's, let's go ahead and hit record. So, um, so here we are. And um, I want to, I want to just start by letting everybody know. So today's April 30th, right? And um, which means that we just finished up the last day of the month for funding loans in the month of April. And most of this business took probably 45 days to get done, right? So this is stuff that was beginning right at the beginning of um, the shelter at home or shelter, shelter in place. Um, Mike, I saw your wife on Facebook calls it SIP. Yes, that's the the acronym. Shelter in Place. It took me a minute. I was like, what is SIP and what does it have to do with a double yoke? But uh, (laughs) anyway...
4: Well, many people would argue that there's quite a bit of wine and beer sipping going on while we're in place as
3: well. (laughs) So, but yeah, so anyhow, I I couldn't help but just kind of reflect today on what has been. So these these transactions that started about the time that we were getting the shelter at home orders, um, I remember it scared me a little bit and I was kind of bracing myself to think, well, maybe... 20 to 40% of our business could suffer because of this, right? Maybe maybe out of 100 transactions, how many people would become unemployed or lose their income or their loan product might go away or something, right? And um, so we get down now here with all of this retrospect and I look back and say it affected like three transactions of mine out of a lot, probably what, out of 30, uh, maybe 40, it affected about three of them in terms of people losing their job and going on unemployment. And um, so kind of minimal fallout. What's your guys' experience been?
4: Uh, my experience has been pretty similar to that. I had one situation where I I had to um, really ask him the borrower just started getting a little bit weird about who to call at their company for verification, so I just called up the owner and he said, look we're we're like minutes away from getting this stimulus as a business owner, and so I'm gonna keep everyone on as soon as I get that And so really none, but that's that's the reality of the situation is it everyone was kind of hanging on by a hair there yeah if you're in a small business market I, I mean the same people that were going through the process with me were also thinking i hope i don't lose my job next week because this mortgage would be great to have
3: right yeah i had transactions fall apart over fear um but they were generally finance
4: or purchase
3: purchase that were like buyer yeah. side fear just kind of panicking yeah. um and I think at the heart of each so – in most of those, by the way, they kind of came to their senses and are either pulled through in that transaction or enter in, or in a new one. Um, but a lot of that uh, – there was this talk. There was like this fear, and also other clients of mine this week are saying, "Hey, when do you think we're going to start seeing the foreclosure numbers and the the radical drop in real estate that's going to signal signal my time to buy?" And I'm like, "What?" Uh, I even had a real estate agent say something similar to me, and so I've been I've been trying to reconcile that, and I was excited to talk with you guys about that today. Um, what? <laughs> are you guys expecting free fall and real estate value? I think the banks are, right? I mean, it, it feels that way with bank product and program. It feels like it's trying to get so conservative and tight and go away. It feels like they're bracing, the banks are bracing for some significant correction. Um, and I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around it.
2: Well, that's kind of where our conversation, right, as we were starting to get-together today took off. It does seem like banks are concerned about values, or maybe a better way to put it is the way they're adjusting loan program qualification is as if we were in the kind of housing meltdown that we experienced in the last recession. Um, We're seeing the credit standards increased. Um, We're seeing... The fringier, riskier loan programs being suspended, um, but what's interesting to me is as I look around this is this is a health crisis. It is also an economic crisis in the sense that there's a lot of people losing jobs, losing and you know maybe taking pay cuts, if not losing jobs, and then whatever you know discretionary spending that they would normally that most people would normally you know, due during the month, that's being cut back on quite a bit. So it's economic in that sense, but I don't see it affecting housing. I don't see home values being affected by this. Um, I don't, I mean, I just, that's the part that I'm having trouble wrapping my head around is if a bank was willing to lend to someone um, you know, with, a let's say a lower credit score, I'll pick one criteria that's being, um, it's, being picked on right now in the mortgage world and, and it's low credit scores. If a bank was willing to lend to someone with a lower credit score before this crisis, if that person still has their job and is still employed, just like they were before, they're not one of the people who's been laid off. Why would the bank stop? Why would they not want to lend to that person anymore? It's as if they're worried that there's something going on with the real estate market, also. But I just don't see that. It's really weird. It
3: is weird. And I, this time, I keep comparing this to the financial crisis, I guess, because it was in my professional career. That was the first real. Meaningful correction and recession and um, financial crisis that that I recall um, that I think I had my my wits about me to sort of understand and Dan I mean you we were doing this show during that period so we were I mean we were paying as close attention as any people can right as we sort of trying to walk and talk our way and our community through that financial crisis so I felt like we paid really close attention and um, so I can only compare this to that in terms of how the banks are acting and what, what we might anticipate with the real estate market and um, I see these contractions in programs, right? Like um getting more conservative about making loans to self-employed people because their income can't be um as dependable as somebody who has an updated paycheck from today. Um minimum credit scores, right? We've we've almost seen across the board we're going up to this six forty minimum credit score. Um Wells Fargo this last week announced that they stopped accepting applications for cash-out refinances. Yeah, right. And Mm -hmm. and as I look at that, I'm like, wow, that is so crazy to me. Um, First of all, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are still in conservatorship, right, which ultimately means that that we, the people – um, own Fannie and Freddie, and and to some degree, you got to imagine they're being operated in a way, obviously, safety first in terms of the financial, um, well being of both of those entities, but they're being operated in, in that capacity first. But also, then shouldn't they also be serving the people, right? Um, and also, then if they are de- dependably providing that liquidity, why then the fear that, um, well, if, if we make a cash-out refi, somehow that's riskier and we don't want to get stuck there and um, get stuck with these loans or those are the loans that we have to worry about, right? The performance issue of those loans. So I could appreciate them maybe removing cash-out refis from self-employed people, right? That one I can kind of understand. Like, picture picture if you were a self-employed person. Like, let's say you own a gym, okay? Okay. When we qualify you, we're gonna look at last year's tax returns, the twenty nineteen tax returns, maybe twenty eighteen too. So we might take an average of those and that would tell us, hey, here's here's this person's qualifiable income. But really that may not be telling a story at all of what your income is today as a gym owner, right? I mean, I have some friends that own gyms and Yeah, a- I,
2: I agree with your what you're saying here, but when I, when I, the cash out one's interest, very interesting because that to me is a sign of, of banks losing confidence in home value because that's that's what it's based on. It's based on how much equity you have in the property. sure they're not gonna They're not going to, they don't want to go over, you know, 80% loan to value. So they're, but, but at the same time, what it tells me, it tells me that and what I've seen through this whole stimulus, the various stimulus plans as well, is that the government is not good at identifying need. You know, I mean, you're you're describing, yeah, the, the guy who owns the gym. Well, we all know gyms are closed, right? right? No one's going to gyms. The gym's not making any money. So, yeah, going off last year's tax returns, not only is that inaccurate, it just, it's it's not even representative of what's happening today. But how about a cash out refi? Someone is self-employed doesn't mean they're experiencing declining income. What about the self-employed architect? Is that person experiencing declining income?
3: Probably not. But but also though, that program at Wells Fargo stopped for the firefighter that wants to do a cash out refi. I
2: I know. That's what's (laughs) crazy. (laughs) That's why to me, it's, it sounds like they're concerned about home values for some reason.
3: Right.
4: I've got it. I had a lock alone today because I was concerned that more banks are going to follow suit with Wells Fargo. A gentleman, it's funny you said this, retired firefighter from Alaska, pension income, 95% of his income is guaranteed until he dies. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what his income is because come tomorrow, it's possible that we would have much less options for him to lock out, pro lock, excuse me, to take equity out of his home.
3: Yeah. Well, and you got to worry that other banks are going to go the way of Wells Fargo, right? If that's a, I mean, they're one of the biggest lenders uh, in the country. So if they, if they're deciding this, then how many other banks are just going to say, well, we should probably stop doing that too. On account of those guys are bigger and smarter than we are. Or Or what
4: we're starting to see is they're pricing higher. Right. Yeah.
2: The banks that haven't suspended it altogether are, are pricing are changing how they're pricing it but at the same time we're seeing like the the equity line lenders cut back on their offerings too. So it's, it's happening. And yeah, when you see someone like Wells Fargo that, that touches one in every four mortgages in America, you start to worry that everyone else is just going to fall in line with what they're doing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, conceivably, it's, yeah. it's super interesting to me. Um, I mean, from so many different fronts, but also we also are still closing purchase loans and real estate's evolving a little bit, too, in terms of how um, there's new disclosures and uh, parts to that transaction. In fact, we should probably go ahead and take the first commercial break here of the show, and then um, when we get back, we can talk a little bit more about um, how this is is being impacted. Uh, Mike, you had some housing data too that you wanted to share. So let's go yes, ahead sir. and uh, do a break and then we'll be back in just a minute here. Uh, stick with us for more Mortgage Matters.
1: Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and
3: FM 96.5. The mortgage
1: experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes.
5: It's time to make a change. Get lean and efficient in time for summer with Kennedy Club Fitness and AM Sun Solar. Schedule your free consultation with AM Sun Solar and you could win a one-year Membership to Kennedy Club Fitness. That's right, get entered to win a one year membership with Kennedy Club Fitness when you schedule your free solar consultation with AM Sun Solar today. AM Sun Solar is your local solar company providing exceptional service since 2001. Call us at 805 772 6786 or visit us at AMSUNSolar.com.
3: Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
6: Just call five four three. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central
0: Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number three two eight. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central
3: Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get
0: pre-approved.
6: Just call 503 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast
0: Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number. 328358 In the heart of wine country in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts. You can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. In these
7: times of economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley and Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust, Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Come to Blakesley and Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria and Paso Robles. Member FINRA and SIPC.
1: You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending.
3: All right, guys, welcome back. Um, during the break, I was looking up some stats. And, um, you know, I was still trying to think about this. Like, why are the banks positioning themselves like we're in a housing crisis where equity is in question? And I think my, my first thought is, well, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. We'll look around the curve We get locked down for, you know, three months or five months and economic activity just grinds to a painful halt. I mean, can you guys imagine how impossibly terrible it would be if we were in this same position we've been in for the last month, if this lasted five months? I think the only reason... I listen to a
4: great podcast where every 30 days passed initial 30 days is exponentially worse
3: oh yeah capital oh yeah and i mean so if when you think about that it's like well um i'm i'm i think the only reason i have sanity today that this is all going to be okay is that i think oh it's only going to be another week or two <laughs> so yeah if i knew it was going to be three months anyhow going back to the original premise if this lasted so much longer um then could it have impact on value? Um, Would the hit to the economy be so strong that we do go through a value correction? Um, What if there's a second wave of this or a third wave and, and really that we're in this extremely modified version of life for the 18 months that it takes to create a meaningful vaccination? Then maybe. Um, We learned this morning that another three point something million people applied for unemployment benefit this week, uh, bringing mm-hmm. the total now to over 30 million, which is arguably at about a 20 percent unemployment rate. So the numbers, this is what we expected. This is what was predicted. Um, which now makes me think man, or how far past the prediction or the expectation are we going. Um, and so then the other things, I mean, I saw articles this week about, you know, Mr. Cooper was interviewed and published um, an article about they've got 200,000 customers in forbearance. Um, I saw that somewhere today it's in the ballpark nationally um, of about three billion 3 million people are in forbearance altogether or some stage of forbearance due to COVID-19 and that feels somewhat significant and the longer this goes on the worse it'll be right Um, but but yet real estate I mean the value values wise we're still seeing kind of business as usual right I mean, I've I've yet to see any indication of a decline in value or any article that's trying to point to a decline in value.
2: Yeah, I'm not seeing that, and anecdotally from from realtors locally, they're not suggesting that's the case either. And in fact, most of what I'm hearing is that activity's down a little bit, but it's not as bad as you might think. It's not it's not zero, right? Um, so. And value certainly hasn't been impacted. And I, I actually i've i've seen uh, some articles suggesting the opposite that once we come out of this, there's going to be additional pent up demand that's going to lead to, um, you know, values kind of yeah jumping up a little bit. I was talking as activity restarts.
3: I was talking to a real estate agent yesterday that works for Century Twenty One in the North County, and she said. I predict that this is going to be really good for real estate. And I'm like, I'm listening. And she said, well, think about it everybody's spending like 24 7 in their house today so you either are really learning to love and appreciate the house that you invested in or you are really dissatisfied and wish that you were sheltering in place in the house that you always wanted and i'm like oh that's an interesting thing to think about there's no doubt <laughs> people are doing the math on whether or not they're happy in the house that they're in right now because you are in it like more than ever before
4: yeah, th- this is what makes me think that, on the contrary, that people might just do the renovation type loans we've talked about on the show before and stay in their home and just fix it, you know?
3: Maybe. Um, Maybe. I've been I- doing um, pre-approval letters for purchase clients still, um, and in the very beginning of the shelter-at-home order um Real estate agents weren't allowed to be entering homes and and meeting clients in homes and doing those kind of things. They changed those rules a few weeks ago, reclassified real estate as essential services, and the rules are a little modified now. There's a disclosure that the agents want you to sign um, for going into somebody's home. I haven't seen the disclosure myself. I just heard about it. I assume it. it I says got the
4: disclosure yesterday. There's yeah.
3: probably some risk associated that the agents are not responsible for, like health-wise, if you go into a you know a home that has infection or something. But um, and then an agent is only allowed to take uh, a maximum of two people into the home at one time. Um, but so people, I mean, for a little while there it was virtual uh home touring only, and now they're able to, you know, returning to being able to bring people into the home. So um I still see transactions and in, in that regard, it doesn't feel any slower
2: to me. Well, to your original point, if if this is prolonged and we've already seen three million forbearance or foreclosure related type of situations in the country and it's prolonged, will that number grow? And will that, um, eventually impact the value of real estate? I, and I, I mean, that's a significant number of people going into a delinquent status, but at the same time, well, they're being invited
3: to, right? I mean, exactly. I wonder how
2: many of those are strategic versus need based, Like truly need based, yeah. And then, you know, we've been talking ever since we came out of the last financial crisis with Dodd Frank financial reform and the, the, you know, the increased standards of mortgage guidelines to have full documents, documented income and assets, and you know, ninety nine percent fixed rate mortgages. Um, To me, I still think there would have to be something. Else, Either the numbers of delinquents uh, of delinquent um, homeowners would have to go well beyond the, the, I don't know, I, I mean but whatever see, it is now, it would have to go well beyond that, or there'd have to be some other catalyst to look, dr- drive people to lose confidence and value. It's
3: called the CARE Act, right? Which is this, where the provision for these forbearance requirements are held. And it's up to a year, right? We're starting to see some clarification this week on how the forbearances are going to be handled um, there yeah, was, Freddie Mac had an announcement on Monday. Yeah, there was fear that it might be lump sum type of thing. Like, sure, don't pay your mortgage for six months. And then at um, month or at day 181, you owe us the total bill. That would obviously, there'd be people that would crash and burn at the mark, right? But so we're learning that that's probably not how it's going to function. They're going to work with borrowers to spread it out or maybe even do modifications to put it on the back end of the loan. But, you know, over. As this goes on, see, last time when we had the financial crisis, um, if you went delinquent because you were unable to pay – You might be able to get a forbearance agreement, you might not, Um, but they were foreclosing on people. And then bank-owned homes were popping up, and those were selling for less than the non-bank-owned homes. So now it's a race to the bottom of who can sell their house cheaper just to offload it in a crisis situation. So during this one, though, you're not being charged late fees there's no penalty for being in the forbearance. It's up to a year and then they're going to work with you after the fact. So how many of those people are going to end up in a foreclosure status because of this? I got to imagine it's a very, very few. um, And the people that probably are at greatest risk are the ones that are self-employed in a business that just aren't going to be able to reopen, like can't you know, maybe their landlord isn't suspending the rent and is really going to turn the screws on them and, you know, that they just find themselves in a position where they're they're no longer able to reopen because of the, the length of being out. You know, that's possible, right? But as long as the rest of the market is healthy, then that person probably is able to sell their home without even needing to do a short sale. They wouldn't let it go through foreclosure, which doesn't start that cascading... Uh, plummeting real estate value thing like we saw during the crisis, right? I mean, exactly. A whole year it's all about it supply.
2: Out. Yeah. If there's not an oversupply like there was, then you're not going to have that that rapidly falling value situation. And and like you said, if I think the thing, the homes that are most at risk of entering a foreclosure type of status are those who have lost job and have put minimal money into the home they own so we're talking about a minimum down fha or a down payment assistance um type of loan purchase where there's not a lot of skin in the game but any borrower who's any buyer homeowner who's put in a 5 10 15 plus percent down payment they're not going to be real eager to just let that go if and when you know there is some oversupply in the market that causes values to crumble a little bit.
4: Right. Not to mention with rates, the way they are and the way that the average, I mean, we, this, this quarter one of 2020, we as a country saw the highest um, ownership rate we've seen in years. On average, it's like 64% of Americans own their home and the other 36% are renters. And we're, we're above 65%, which you might say, gosh, Mike, that's only 1%. That's not a big deal. But, you know, if you break down the nation, the Midwest, 70% of the people own their homes. And they've owned their homes with our guidelines that have been in place for more than eight years with good down payments. And they've seen appreciation. And so if this came in 2015, this COVID-19, it'd be a different story. But a lot of people have benefited from year after year appreciation and furthermore, they've also benefited from the way our rate structure has been set up for about a refinance every three years. So they're not going to find a much lower payment than they would staying in their house right now.
2: Right. So we come back to the initial question of why are banks behaving the way they are? Mike, you brought up the idea that maybe there's uh, capital issues or you know, that type of thing at the bank level. I, I mean, I don't know that I've that, that feels hard for me to believe these banks are, they're well capitalized. The capital but when you look at it, if you
4: just, well, th- that, that's not necessarily true, Dan. I mean, the capital is out there. The question is, do they have, are they willing to, let's say I want to get a refinance and I have a $400,000 mortgage and I want to take out $60,000 because it behooves me to do some debt management. I'm telling you as the banker, hey, I'm gonna, when this is all said and done, you're going to pay off X, Y, and Z trade line, and I'm going to be improving my net income per month by $500. bucks. should not we be high-fiving? And you're going to say, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Now, the bank has to pay off a $400,000 mortgage, plus put another $60,000 out there, and then turn around and hope that a servicer will buy that loan from them. And if you're going to take cash out right now in this in this very quarter quarter two, if you're going to take cash out right now, what's stopping you as soon as you get your first mortgage saying, "Hey, I'm ready to file a forbearance"?
3: Well, two things. I mean, first of all, yeah, that yeah. that article I was telling you about um, from Mr. Cooper that was talking about the numbers of loans and forbearance. The second part of the headline is that they're no longer worried about liquidity. And they they addressed this, and I mean, obviously, we're just talking about Mr. Cooper. What are they, the third or fifth largest
2: servicer in the nation? I mean, they're they they're big, and and they're yeah. big in the government lending space. That's yeah. that's their niche is the government. Business. They said
3: he, so they said, um, you know, interviewing the um, head honcho over there, um, Jay Bray. Um, He's the CEO of Mr. Cooper, and he said basically that um, they've they've procured additional lending capacity from a couple of different banks, so they can borrow now a total of about eight hundred and fifty additional million dollars than what they had before, um, okay. and also then went on to say that with. Fannie and Freddie announcing um, and this announcement came a week ago today that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will only require servicers to advance four months of payments on loans and forbearance. So now. That's brilliant. Yeah, Um, and Dan, you brought this up a couple weeks ago on the show, so as a refresher to anybody that wasn't listening, when you miss your mortgage payment, if you have a Fannie Mae loan and you get it through Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo um, assigns that loan to Fannie Mae and then you don't pay Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo still has to pay Fannie Mae. Many people don't realize that. So on all of these loans that are um, Fannie or Freddie backed, the servicer is still required to advance the payment even when they're not receiving it so there in the very beginning you have to do the math right well part of the equation was unknown well how many months so the government just said under the cares act that i may not i may be able to give forbearance to you the consumer for a period of 12 months with no penalty interest or negative credit reporting so do i anticipate that my whole portfolio is going to be not receiving payments at all for 12 months and maybe beyond right because oh Mm -hmm. maybe month 13 i can charge you a late fee and some interest now but you might be in you know in a position of non-payment beyond that 12 month mark so these servicers were unable to even run the math on what sort of liquidity problem they may have had now that fannie and freddie have stepped in and said hey you're only on the hook for four payments so now they go oh Okay, now we can model how many delinquencies do we have? How many forbearance agreements yeah. have we entered into? Multiply that exposure out by four months. Do we have the borrowing, you know, and/or capitalization to be able to float that? Yes, we do. Okay, we're good. So um, there's I think a little bit of calm being breathed into the market because of that, which obviously is great news. Um, but uh, you know, it's just it's interesting to see all this stuff unfolding um and i mean i every time i look at the news now i i think to myself two things one how were we not ready for this as a country as a world right i mean people have been warning us about pandemics for ever um probably since you know 1918 but you know with SARS and MERS and oh I'm assuming it was in the bible it was just terrifying to me <laughs> that we weren't better prepared uh for this than we were but also then I look at it and go how can you prepare for this <laughs> you know it's a it's an impossible task and um it just seems impossible to manage, but um, hey guys, we need to do the final commercial break here of this hour, so we'll go ahead and do that, and then we'll come back and wrap up this segment here, so stick with us guys after this short break. We'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters.
1: It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805- 543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832.
5: It's time to make a change. Get lean and efficient in time for summer with kennedy club fitness and am sun solar schedule your free consultation with am sun solar and you could win a one-year membership to kennedy club fitness that's right get entered to win a one-year membership with kennedy club fitness when you schedule your free solar consultation with am sun solar today am sun solar is your local solar company providing exceptional service since 2001 call us at 805-772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com
3: Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
6: Just call 543 We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast,
0: Central Coast Lending, Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 3283. Hi, this is Jason Grody
3: of Central Coast Lending. We're using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
6: Just call five four three low We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast.
0: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number. 328358 In the heart of wine country in templeton home to one of the top school districts you can own a brand new beautiful home not a condo a home built by the best starting for less than five hundred thousand dollars introducing vineyard creek from coastal community builders who've been shaping our community for 30 years right now vineyard creek just off las tablas road in templeton has plenty of homes to choose from but with prices starting below five hundred thousand dollars homes are selling fast visit coastalcommunitybuilders.com today in these times of
7: economic turmoil, it's hard to know where to turn for financial security. At Blakesley and Blakesley, they've been providing solid financial advice for over 30 years. If you'd like a second opinion on your investments or just a financial tune-up, turn to a proven name you know you can trust. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Come to Blakesley and Blakesley with offices in San Luis Obispo, Santa Maria, and Paso Robles. Member FINRA and SIPC.
0: You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host,
1: the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show.
3: All right, guys. Welcome back. Um, you know, I was thinking during the break, out of context, if you're listening to today's show, you know, we're sort of um, bemoaning the banks and their weird, weird actions lately. I just think it's weird. I'm having trouble understanding what they know that we don't know. And then at the same time, I look over at the stock markets and I'm like, oh, they they have recovered so. Um, somewhat better than i expected from their lows a few weeks ago um doesn't i mean obviously they're down a little bit from the all-time highs but not not terrible not as bad as they could be so the stock market and the bank's appetite doesn't seem to be completely lining up but again um i just i wanted to point out that if you're listening to this today we should probably let you know that um we still are funding a ton of loans, um, so many loans. You just have your income has to be uh, well verifiable and intact, and you're gonna get phenomenally historical low interest rates. And um, I was I was thinking about that during the break. is like. Uh, oh, are people that are hearing this just going, Ah oh, well, the banks are just they're too tight and they're not lending, and you know the guys made it sound like they're they're just being weird uh I want you guys to know that we had the best month um in terms of funding volume in the month of April that we've ever had before um and to put it into context for you since um you know that may not make perfect sense last year we averaged about um, almost 50 transactions a month throughout each month of 2020. That was, a, I'm sorry, 2019. That was our average, about 50 loans a month. And this April, um, we funded over 100. I don't, Dan, I didn't see the final count, but what is it, 119? Over
2: 120 loans. So, Holy mackerel.
3: So it's, <laughs> it's more than double... Um, That of last year's average, right? So I don't want to give anybody the idea that you can't get a loan today. And I want to remind you guys that it's just the opposite. If your income is intact, and you want to get a loan, if you want to take advantage of these low rates, um, the man we are ready for it we're we are running on all cylinders and just cranking um thankfully we had the foresight to add some staff over the last several months and so we're and those brand new people were able to start working from home at just the right time so we're we're just so lucky that we've been able to to keep this all these balls in the air and i want to remind people too that Dan and Mike mentioned a minute ago that cash-out refis for the banks that are still doing them are charging extra fee to do it. So that may not be the best transaction, but you want to know on the other side of this coin, you want to know what's being rewarded, the low uh, loan-to-value Borrowers, you come in yeah. here with fifty percent equity in your home, which a lot of the San Luis Obispo County residents do have. Um, you're seeing phenomenal terms. Um, I locked a loan yesterday, a no points deal for a guy um, that was about a fifty percent loan to value. Just all the right metrics stacked up, but a like a three point oh four APR thirty year fixed. That's wild, right? Um, so, so, again, don't don't get the idea of what we're describing today is that the the lending environment is is dead and not working. That's not true. We're just we're just can't believe that the banks are getting so weird about credit score and loan programs and self employed people and acting in a way that makes it seem like a real estate crisis and not a health crisis. So. Uh,
4: yeah, you know what's funny? I want to add to that really quick, Jason. I did a. I've uh, recently seen a spike in purchase business. i um, starting to write more pre-approval letters, dealing with my agents again on people going out into the market and buying more. And I had like back-to-back files. I had a guy that has a 60% loan-to-value. He's gonna. He's taking cash out up to 60% of his loan-to-value, which is a very Important number in our business. That's a nice equity. Anything less than that is is well received. And he has a rate of 3.625 for a cash out refinance. The next file, 20 minutes later, a younger guy has 25% down on a purchase and he's getting a 3% interest rate.
3: Yeah.
4: So the difference in the style of loan right now is is, is being heavily weighed towards the purchase business and the rate and term refinance
3: yeah yeah well and i mean i, I it's always i always like to say not a that, big disparity in
4: fico scores or any of that jazz nothing that i'm holding back same type of borrower
3: yeah well and i mean i always tell people this but banks dictate their appetite by way of rate <laughs> when you sure when there's a transaction that you really want the one that you really want um you you give a great rate for it and those ones that you know that lately the the 80 percent cash out refis or the investment properties the multi-unit refis those are those transactions are tough right now and the prices are not great but if you're listening to this um at home right now and you're you're thinking well i have a lot of equity and i don't have a three percent loan um don't be over there standing out and being the odd person without the three percent loan. Um, call us up. Let us uh, let us figure out how to help you. Um, you know, and like Mike said, the purchase loans are are huge, and then it's the loans with lots and lots of equity that are getting um, really good terms. So,
4: yeah. Speaking of purchases, I want to dive in here really quick because we were talking about this before, Dan. If you don't mind, Jay, I want to just yeah. take over for a couple minutes. Um, the you know Jan mentioned so eloquently you know what's the deal? I don't see drops in in house pricing. I don't see drops in appreciation. What why why are the banks holding up their end of the bargain on cash out refinances? On the purchase side of things, the Lawrence Yun is the the National Association of Realtors chief economist, so a pretty reputable source, I would think. And his words, uh, and I'm quoting here. He said, basically, if you look at March of 2019 versus March of 2020, which in my opinion is uh, comparing an apple to a dragon fruit, is the housing market is temporarily grappling with the coronavirus-induced shutdown, which pulled down new listings and new contracts as consumers become more accustomed to social distancing protocols. And with the economy slowing and safely reopening, listings and buying activity will resume, especially given the record of the, the lowest mortgage rates we've had in a long time. He's saying un- spring will be unusual, but he's predicting that a late summer, early fall will be the new uh, like housing market season for this year. Huh. So he's not saying, you know, we're seeing sellers having to drop prices. He's just saying people are but just delayed. So, Yep. I can account for this. My in-laws are going back and forth. Should we list? Should we not list? They have a house that I would say is probably in like the luxury category of homes in, in Northern Los Angeles County. And they're going back and forth they should just do it now or wait till September. And, you know, they're obviously motivated to get out of the house and move to Virginia with my other family members. But they, a lot of people are thinking that way. You know, if I go on the market, Would
3: you tell them, would you tell them Mike? Cause I, I'm like now. I go now. Put on the market now. I right?
4: stopped. I've stopped giving my in-laws advice, Jason.
3: <laughs>
4: I just kind prudent. of swirl my wine glass and let them finish. Yeah, uh, but I, if it was me, I would, I would most likely wait. Honestly. You would. Yeah, I think I would wait because the problem with them is there. They're, they're going to have to sell get out and their, their situation's a little different. They don't have to be to Virginia till September. So True. I guess they could vagabond for four months.
2: Well, I was just looking well, at the whole I, the idea of selling a home is you want to get the most people possible that are interested in buying, looking at it. And th- it's undoubtedly a time where you're not going to get the most people right now. There's, there's obviously people who aren't willing to, go out and look at property right now they're they're content to shelter in place and just hang with what they have right now so i think waiting you're going to get more exposure
4: i've gone into two purchase transactions this weekend and both the agents i always like to talk to the agents before they go in and make the offer just to if i haven't worked with them you know we get to know each other but if i have i'm just trying to see where their head's at let them know where our timeline is both of them were like, we're going to be real aggressive on price because there's no one else making offers. That's their hmm. mindset. Yeah. And there were no counter offers. There were no multiple counter offers in either transaction, nor did we normally hear the, well, it's Tuesday, so we're going to get back to you on Saturday after we get all of our offers. It was an immediate counter or an immediate accept.
2: Whether we're talking about the mortgage side of the business or the real estate side of the business or the general economy, the thought that I can't stop or the question I can't stop thinking about is as pressure builds to return to normalcy, which we're already seeing a lot of pressure, we're seeing some states already you know, proposed plans to reopen. And as that happens here, as the weeks and months go along, how quickly will the various parts of our economy rebound? How quickly will People be out ready to buy and sell homes. How quickly will banks relax the guidelines that they've tightened so quickly in the last few weeks? And then, you know, how quickly will the consumer come back? Those are the things I I just keep wondering, um, and I'm sure everyone is. The stock market, with uh, the that Jason referenced, how quickly it's bounced back. It's it's looking forward to about the third quarter right now. Um, yeah. It it seems to think it's going to bounce back fairly quickly based on well and my answer sure.
3: my answer to that's going to change too on account of a month ago I was like I'm good uh this week I'm like let me out of here I want to go somewhere I want to see some friends I need to see my mother I want to go see my grandma you know so I'm I you know I, the longer this goes on I almost think that the the better the bounce back but you know we'll have to see um all right we're uh, we're running out of the tail end of here of the show and um Thank you both for helping today, and I know that everybody appreciates hearing from you and and your message, so thanks for the help. And for everybody that's listening, if you want or need loan help, call us, 805-543-5626. We are working. We are funding loans. We're here to help you. Find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Thanks much, and uh, stay safe and healthy. We'll talk with you guys soon.